up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a live special live episode to talk about all the great and fun, wonderful things that have been happening in games lately. Specifically, though, we'll be focusing majority of our time, I would say, on uh, the recently released Monster Hunter Rise. And then if we have time, after we go into an in-depth discussion into that, we will talk about, I'll, or I'll talk a little bit. I don't know if you guys have actually played it or not yet, but uh, Outriders, we might talk about a little bit of my first impressions with that game as well. But for those of you who do not know, I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. A oh, bonjourno. Down below me today, this is different. You're normally know, just to my right. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> Today, Hi though, <laughs> you're not to my right because we have two special guests with us, uh, Andrew Bromogan and hey. Cody Peck. What's up, guys? How's it going? Thanks for joining us today, fellow Thank Monster Hunters, Risers. Yeah, yeah. Monster <laughs> Riser. We'll just call it Monster <laughs> Riser. I like that shortcut. <laughs> or just fellow hunters. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That works, too. Just fellow hunters. That's a good one, too. But yeah, so we wanted uh, – I know it's been a little bit since – uh, we've had an episode come out. I know uh, last or two weeks ago, I guess it was, we had the Monster Hunter Rise uh, team chat plays where uh, I believe who was on that. I missed that one. So I, I wasn't I know Mogan was heading that one up uh, or and then. Yeah, it was, was me and Cody. We're both Cody? Yeah. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember if Bromogan was on that too with you or not. No, no, no. I, I didn't we, have the game do, at that point. We do ah. better as a duo, so we we didn't invite him. So <laughs> it was better that way. Well, it's because you had Cody with you. Cody always carries. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the pro hunter apparently in our group. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, Team Chat Podcast, though, is a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. Episodes come out Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel channel links for all that are in the description below and if you're here watching us on twitch well guess what you can still find all that great fun stuff in the description below too because we have all those little like fancy twitch panels and buttons and it's all it's all pretty and easy for you to access and look at i knew that was going to happen i had to pull up my list of patrons on there and pull it up on top of all the <laughs> oh, cameras oh, so uh yeah i'm sorry everybody but you can also join us over on our discord where we have a lot of fun talking about games and other non-gaming related content while we're not here recording the show and you can find us also on other social media such as facebook twitter and instagram usually at at Team Chat Podcast, slash, t- slash Team Chat Podcast, all that fun jazz. But if you want to help make the show bigger and better, you can do that as well by heading over to patreon.com slash Team Chat Podcast, just like Zach S., Susan M., James K., Ben W., Michael B., Future Rascal, Andrew M., Michael S., and Brandon W. And now I'm actually just remembering we had another patron as well. We do. Uh, Mariah K., I believe. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Mariah. Uh, that that happened a while ago, but we haven't recorded in a while. Mariah. But yeah, we had to give a little the heart emojis to you as well, which actually is pretty uh, cool and impressive because that put us over that we hit our $50 a month goal with Mariah joining us. We're terrified. So (laughs) we don't know what to do. What does that, what does that mean? I'm another tattoo or something. (laughs) Oh yeah, I should. Right. Like add to the one that I already got on my back. Uh, Just just Jared though. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to get matching ones yet. Come on. No, thank you. (laughs) Ah, I'm let down, but, uh, but no, actually that would, we normally, we realized after we hit that, that we actually were like, Oh snap, we haven't looked at what these, goals that we set were in a very long <laughs> so time long ago. so yeah, i think what it was is that we were going to be the original goal for 50 dollars was 
that we would do a quarterly community patron selected let's play. And like Ooh. we would, uh, Mogan and I would like stream it together, obviously have it recorded. Then we chop it down into like a good, like highlight real video of us playing that game. But you know, our patrons may have different tastes and they <laughs> want us to do some other, uh, some other things. So, uh, they we were actually matured in the past five years since we started true. the dang show. <laughs> that's true. So we were actually going to be putting together soon, like kind of a meetup or like zoom call, whatever, or just a normal informal poll, whichever you'd be more comfortable with, with all of our patrons to kind of help figure out what they would like those, uh, goals and rewards to look like. So more guacamole. Live oh, guacamole. Yeah. We do need to finish Finally guacamole. Finish guacamole. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we will be reaching out with to everybody soon to so help us do that. But thank you so much for your support because that is incredible that we've been able to hit this milestone. And uh, if you don't support us monetarily, that is no big deal at all. There are still plenty of ways where you can help us make the show bigger and better by going to, uh, you know, writing reviews, subscribing wherever you enjoy the show, telling your friends. Uh, just anything like that can get the big word of a team chat podcast out there to the masses. And so for all of our listeners, patrons, viewers alike, we just want to give you a big old heart emoji. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Everybody's getting in on it. It's a wonderful thing to see. <laughs> Four hearts to today. Goggles. How many, how many valve chambers are in the heart? Is it four? Isn't it four? Oh my God. Okay. It's all coming it's together. Four. Good thing I remembered one clutch thing from high school <laughs> biology. We didn't have anatomy class. <laughs> Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I'll yeah, use there that you go. one day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's true. It's true. Um, I gotta say though, before we get too far into this, that uh Bro Mogan, your hair right now, glorious and luxurious <laughs> as with its length, but it's also giving me serious vibes back to Zach's hair. Oh my god, oh, it is. With, swoops, yeah. with that Swoop. particular swoop it's... he used to do it in that direction. Yeah. That was his hairstyle. I know. Zach, welcome back to the show. <laughs> How you been, buddy? Oh, thanks, guys. I like Halo and that weird pinball game. Oh my oh god. Please just dress like Zach and come onto the show. Take your glasses off and just like dye your hair a little darker, and we'll be like, it's him. Yep. <laughs> Nobody Who's will ever guy? know the difference. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I just had to, I just had to say that because I was just like, man, it looks good. And it looks awesome. <laughs> Thank like you. That. It's it's quarantine hair. It was much shorter, and then it got See, longer. Yeah. And then I, I also <laughs> I also have the quarantine hair, but my hair just poofs. So I just got this. W- I did. Pad I just right did here. this in the old quarantine <laughs> hair because that got better than trying to mess with it being forever long and just not. See, I did nice. that at one point, but I didn't expect the quarantine to last a year. So, <laughs> so this is already like version two. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it grew back and twice already. So nice. Well, so guys, really quick before we jump into Monster Hunter, for those of us who, uh, for those watching who may not know who you guys are exactly, uh, would you two mind giving a brief little introduction? Cody, we'll start. We'll start with you. But before we do that, we do have a message in the chat from Drama, Drama Queen who says Bro Mogan always has the best hair. So, more, more, <laughs> oh, uh, thanks, Candace. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, drama queen. <laughs> so yeah, why, uh, why don't you let the pe- good people know who you are, how you got into gaming, and uh, you know maybe like what your favorite game is, well, and what you're doing now. And what you're I know doing both now. of you have some streams going on on the side. Yeah, too. that's true. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Cody Peck. Um, on my Twitch handle is uh, Snooty underscore Boots. Right now, I'm streaming a Pokemon Soul Silver randomized Nuzlocke. It's the first time I've ever done a Nuzlocke um, in Pokemon. And if you don't know what a Nuzlocke is, it's where you uh, 
Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> self-imposed rule set for Pokemon that makes the game harder um, to where if your Pokemon faints, you ha- it quote-unquote dies and you have to release it. And you can only oh. catch one Pokemon per route, so you technically can lose a Pokemon Nuzlocke challenge um, yeah. if, if your entire wow. team dies. Um, so that's what I'm doing on my Twitch right now. Uh, how I got into gaming, I mean... God, how young was I? My first real gaming experience that I can think of was my aunt and her uh, SNES. Uh, She had uh, Super Mario uh, World and Super Mario, the original Super Mario Bros uh, combo pack with uh, Duck Hunt. Uh, The combo pack? Whoa. I know, right? Somebody's family had money. I still don't know how (laughs) Duck Hunt really works on a CRT, but I'm assuming it's just black magic, so... Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For that day and age for technology, probably was. Um, But from there, I got a Nintendo 64, a Game Boy, PlayStation, and it went from there. And then, uh, yeah, got to where I am now. Awesome. So how about you, Bromogan? Or yeah, I you may remember from episode fifty something, the last. Oh my episode. god! We both have been on the show before. <laughs> that was so yeah. long ago. Yeah, that we don't really remember that. Yeah. But, uh, You've yeah, been I, here before. <laughs> <laughs> we know you. I I started. I think my first exposure to games, at least that I remember, was my friend Brian in kindergarten. He had an N sixty four and a Super Nintendo. And I guess I must have begged mom for video games because <laughs> that year we got a, a PlayStation 1 for Christmas with Crash Bandicoot, Spyro nice. the Dragon, and Tekken 2. Two of the those best games, games of H12. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, years later, I'm still playing games. I was even fortunate enough to get a PS5 for Christmas this year. Oh, you cheated. Oh. Well, my mom cheated. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man of culture. Real. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm an expert shopper. Uh, so yeah, on Twitch, I am the Doodle Abides, a combination of my old smash tag Doodle and uh, a Big Lebowski reference. Uh, I, let's see, I was doing Resident Evil 4. Uh, it's kind of put on hold for now, though, because I've been way into Metroid Prime randomizers. I've never done You're randomizers welcome. before. But, yeah. <laughs> so, what's, so I've been seeing you doing that. What, what is a Metroid Prime randomizer? So in, uh, if you haven't played a Metroid game, they're all about like uh, finding items and using those upgrades to progress further in the game. Like, you'll uh, you'll see a door that you can't open. You have to go somewhere else, get some item, and then come back and open that door and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So the randomizer just takes all the upgrades and items and shuffles them around. So Interesting. you might find an endgame item at the very beginning, and <laughs> you might, I don't know, take forever to find the basic charge shot like I did, and then you just <laughs> yeah, can't do anything because brutal. you just have to... Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't find charge shot till way late. So yeah, I've been having a ton of fun. It's just a... Uh, a great way to replay one of my absolute favorite games of all time. And I moved on to the Metroid Prime 2 randomizer, which uh, just because of how the way Metroid Prime 2 works, that randomizer is extra bonkers. And I got (laughs) hard locked on day one and had to restart. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But onwards and upwards and the the trial continues. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and then and jump into a little or well, we don't we don't normally when we do live episodes or with guests and stuff like that, we usually skip over the news because who wants to talk about the news? <laughs> Instead, no we want to be we want to get into the nitty gritty, which is a game that has united all four of us in its uh, recent winter, the recent days, which is Monster Hunter 
Rise. Now, I want to say, Cody, when you were on last time, we talked about Monster Hunter, yeah. or specifically like the localization of bringing Monster Hunter World over. Yeah, uh, to, so to the west. I remember, I remember what it was because uh, I re- I've been listening to you guys' episodes backwards, and I just recently got to the episode that I was on. Uh, first off. How dare you guys let me on with that bad of a mic quality that I had? Um, <laughs> I, I try not to impose standards got, on people. I got <laughs> twenty seconds into the episode, and I heard me when you introduced me, and I was like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> but yeah, that episode I remember because when you guys had me on, you asked me what I wanted to talk about, and when I it was either right before or right when Monster Hunter World was being first released. Mm. Um, And before Monster Hunter World, uh, no other Monster Hunter game had been released worldwide all at once, straight out the gate. They had all been a a, um, backwards release from where it was released over in Japan and the East first, and then they eventually made their way to the West with uh, a localized version or they just localized the updated like ultimate version and so we talked about a lot of monster hunter from there because i just knew a lot about monster hunter for localization in that nice nice so we've all so we've all been playing the game and um i know i have yet still to be i will say caveat to this i have i've been playing through it haven't had as much time with it as i would have liked life kind of got busy and crazy there for a couple weeks but so i haven't been able to do any co-op hunts but i have done i think i'm like halfway through the two star single player missions Uh i think and have done like a few expeditions, done all the training missions. I've messed around in the arena a little bit. So I feel like I have a pretty good uh, feel for what's happening and how the game kind of works. But so all three of you, though, have played Monster Hunter and been invested like all of you probably invested hundreds of hours each in <laughs> Monster Hunter World at Monster minimum. World for sure. It, it, between everything I've played and maybe even uh, Bro Mogan, too. It might be up near a thousand, maybe more now. Getting there? Damn. Yeah, me and, that's impressive. Me and me and Bro Mogan, when we were roommates in college and we played so much Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate in that apartment. Yeah, 4 that's... Ultimate's the one that I played the most. I think I actually didn't put nearly as much time into World as I thought I did, at least according to my like end of year stats from mm-hmm. Sony or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I easily put hundreds of hours into Monster Hunter 4. Nice. Yeah. How how much Mogan do you think that you've put in? In world, my best guess is probably either just under or maybe barely over 200 hours because it doesn't seem like much, you know, when you think about it, but then it's like, well, you know, I spent actually a fair amount of time just derping around, dying, having to redo <laughs> stuff and just having a good time. So even though it was really spread out over we well, we played played pretty consistently for like a year and a half maybe two years so yeah it's it's probably approximately 200 hours um you know breath of the wild hours is what i like to call those (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so i've put quite a bit of time into monster monster hunter world and in rise Uh, jared I, i would be surprised if you're terribly far behind me we're probably pretty close because i've been doing a mix of the story and i'm not very far in the story uh and co-op with with friends so i wouldn't say that i've made it really kind of far at all into the story i'm still kind of encountering things that are like tutorials but just on a rolling basis 
Uh, and so far, I've only used... I think this is a fun question to start with. What what weapons is everybody choosing to main? Because in mm. contrast to Monster Hunter World, where I exclusively almost played the hunting horn uh, and a tiny amount of light bowgun on the side, um, I've done a, a hard... A hard 180, I was going to say hard 360, a hard 180 uh, into the switch axe in Monster Hunter Rise, and it is different and difficult, but I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Uh, I'm using the, I've been going the sword and shield route so far. I've dabbled in a little bit of the dual blades, um, and then I think in one of the arena challenges that makes, because the arena, like, you have to choose only specific Mm-hmm. specific sets oh, or specific, I haven't even um, touched the arena yet yeah it like gives you a preset choice of like what equipment uh loadouts you can use so hmm. in that one i've actually have used the swinging axe i haven't touched the uh the hunting horn yet but um but no i'm really digging the sword and shield right now it feels it feels pretty good as like i know that might be just kind of like the easy choice i guess maybe but because it feels the most familiar but also like if I feel familiar with it, so I feel like I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel with what I'm with my fighting and all that stuff. I mean, that's the thing too. Like I'm also using sword and shield uh, this time around, um, and you you say it's easy, but it's m- one of the most versatile weapons. So it's mm-hmm. really applicable in a lot of situations where the great sword is so slow. So slow. and un- unless you're like a freaking pro with the great sword. There's a lot of situations where the greatsword just isn't going to be viable. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to swap back and forth. Sword and shield can be applicable in most situations. And I don't know if you knew this, Jared. It's the only weapon in the entire game that you can use items with your weapon drawn. You don't have to sheath your oh. weapon to use a uh, item. That's nice because, man, I will say that is frustrating when I cut, I try to like mm-hmm. go either a uh, high, you know, uh, skin or collect parts, harvest from a from a monster or something mm-hmm. like that, or then I um, accidentally hit the button twice, so I then sheath it, then like drink a health potion and I'm at full health, and I'm just like, yeah. oh damn it! So <laughs> that'd be nice to have that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some tips if you need any help with the sword and shield. Yeah, and- I need. To, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it because that's like. I want to play some like co-op hunts. I, I really am wanting to do that. So hopefully maybe we can all jump on it sometime soon and, and yep. take care of that because I would love to get that. I honestly think that we just need to redo this month's team chat plays and just do monster hunter again. And, I mean, there's know, nothing stopping us. I would be yeah. more than happy with that. Cause we have, right. look, we have a, a quad right we here. Do. We coveted do. four, four man team. <laughs> we do. We should do that. So, uh, bro, Mogan, what are you using then? Yeah, I well historically I've been a longsword main because that was uh, when I, I very first started Monster Hunter with Monster Hunter Three, and was confused by how slow the great sword was <laughs> because I was fresh off of a Dark Souls playthrough and I was oh. like, oh, I don't have enough stats yet. That's not how Monster Hunter works. You don't get stat upgrades. You only get armor and equipment <laughs> upgrades. But yeah, I, I used to use longsword and switch axe the most, and then I got this game. And someone took the switch axe from me, so I was like, <laughs> guess I gotta finally mix it up. So I'm trying out uh, mostly Insect Glaive, which is really interesting. Yay, the uh, bug stick. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bug stick. You have a, a staff and a bug, and you send your bug at the monster, and it takes uh, different types of essences from the monster, and those essences give you buffs. So that's the bug part. And then you have the staff, which uh, I'm sure there's an actual good way to use it, I just like to pole vault and fly around and do stupid aerial tricks because I think it's funny. And 
besides that, I'm also trying to sort of dip my feet into hunting horn because it seems useful, but I haven't, mm. I haven't found a monster yet that gives like a really good hunting horn, but maybe someday. Kezu, yeah. unfortunately. Oh, I don't want to fight that thing again. Is that, Jared, is that a hard, is that a Jared, hard monster? No, it's, no. Just, it's yeah. just ugly and gross. So ugly. Jared, you probably haven't encountered it yet, but it's, they just, they just made, made a penis into a monster. <laughs> and, it's a and there's no getting around it. That I gotta look at this. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you spell it? K-E-Z-U. It's no, it's K-H-E-Z-U. Oh, it's K-H-E-Z-U. It's awful. And the worst part is, when you fight it, it's the only monster in the entire series that has no background music. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's so awful. Weird. Yeah, it's so, it's so boring. Awful music. It's so awkward. They were like, we're going to make you fight a penis and there's no music. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that's yeah, terrible. That's a, that's a penis. That's just, <laughs> that's a penis. So, I don't know what picture you're looking at right now, Jarrett, but... That one. Yeah, okay, yeah, oh, good. Because it, it shows its yeah, Sorry, everyone, this is not, not safe for like, work. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to have to put the mature sorry. setting onto the stream. Censor this one. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so I, I thought of this... Um, just a minute ago, uh, us three over here, Rachel, Bro, Mogan, and me, are quote-unquote veteran hunters. And this is your real foray into Monster Hunter, right, Jerry? I know you tried yeah. Monster Hunter World for a bit, but you didn't get into it because you came into it a little late. I came into it so late, and so th- that was partially – and I honestly like wasn't really thinking or expecting that much of that – of like – maybe trying to get monster hunter rise originally when it was first or getting close to coming out. But then I was just like, man, but then I regretted it with world that I didn't get it because you all three were talking about how cool it is. It's I heard, a good game. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and I was just like, I don't want to make the mistake again. So I went ahead. So I took a chance and, and yeah, and got it. And I've really had a lot of fun with it. Like everything I've played, like I, I started trying to play it last night when I was in bed, but then started falling asleep. So I guess I had uh-huh. to go to sleep, but still though, like I, it's been really fun, even solo, like take, like, um, going out and exploring and finding the monsters. It's been, it's like, I played enough of world to get a sense of like how it kind of works. So it's all, I already like see the differences between the two and like, Honestly, I can't decide if I'm relieved or annoyed that you don't have as much of the tracking, you know, like, like finding footprints, finding the, like, you know, poop and stuff like that, that you have (laughs) to identify. Like you don't have that in this one and I can't decide if I miss it or if I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's a tough call because like over the progression of the series, uh, and I'm not a super veteran either. I started in monster hunter three, like, uh, like Andrew did. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just from that to this one, they've kind of cut back on a lot of the, like what makes it a hunt aspect. And they've moved a little bit more towards action game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's an awful shift, but it is a little different for like somebody who's coming. If they came just straight from monster hunter three over to monster hunter rise, it, it seems a little oversimplified and i don't know if it's the right thing or a wrong thing i think it's just up to who, whoever's personal opinion i i liked the scout flies in world because Me it made too. it made finding the monster much mm. easier because you could just yeah. follow them and also the maps in world were bananas confusing i yeah. didn't memorize yeah. a single one of them so the scout flies were good but i 
hated those quests where it was like, find five million footprints and then maybe mm-hmm. you can fight the monster. And so I was just yeah, running around in circles for like half an hour and I was like, so. so I just thought, um, do all your viewers know what Monster Hunter is as a whole? Should we like explain it? Yeah, <laughs> I was, was going to ask one of you to uh, maybe, maybe Bro Mogan, in the simplest terms you can, explain Monster Hunter to the good people. Well, it's it's complicated, you see. Monster Hunter is a game in which you hunt monsters. Whoa, you got to slow sure down. There's got to be an exposition done. Look, Bro Mogan, I know you're a scientist, <laughs> but I'm going to need you to use some layman's terms. <laughs> And then the quantum fluctuations. <laughs> but no, it's the premise is always pretty simple. It's usually something to the effect of you, the the hunter, the player character, show up at village. Village has people. People are like, monster is hurting us. Go beat up monster. <laughs> and you do. And then they're like, just kidding. A different monster is hurting us. And you'll beat that one up. And yeah. so on and so on. And there's technically a story, but who cares? Because the point is to yeah. get online with your friends and beat up some big dragons yeah yeah it's like those are just the little interludes basically to be like to give you some kind of justification why you need to go slaughter countless monsters yeah but i do i do kind of like that how it's just like they send you out on like the big monster but then just any other creature you come across you're just like oh fuck you and just like pack <laughs> it up and start going at it because you i mean you're like i'm gonna need your stuff eventually yep. i'm gonna need yeah. your pelts your tails your claws yes. so everything you run across you're just like i'm gonna fight you yeah and speaking of which the other like main point i guess you could say of monster hunter is just getting sweet rad armor and weapons yep so the whole yep. point of hunting these monsters isn't even to help the stupid villagers you don't give a crap about them the point is to fight monsters because at the end of every hunt whether you kill or capture the monster you get stuff from it usually in the form of its body parts mm-hmm. so you might get a horn a fang a claw its pelt and then when you take those back to the village, the smithy, uh, the the armory, will be able to either create armor for you based on that um, creature's type, based on that creature's items, or more fun, weapons. So the whole point of getting all of the monster's uh, parts is to be able to craft more items. And of course, the monsters that you encounter, it scales. So the monsters that you encounter early on are usually scrub lords, and then you progressively build your way up to bigger and badder monsters as you get bigger and badder weapons and armor. So yeah. it's just this wonderful cycle of fight monster to get thing, to fight monster, to get thing, to fight monster, to get thing. Uh, and it's it's a really fun time. And it's, it's kind of like Animal Crossing in the sense of you're like, surely that would eventually get boring. But it is pretty, pretty it really doesn't top tier. yeah it's, it's yeah. the simplest gameplay loop there really is but yeah. i mean it works because they don't really dive in they don't take themselves too seriously except with monster hunter world being the ex- exclusion but like i mean they don't really care they get the story's not the big thing the gameplay loop is the whole point yeah right. also the thing because... that helps with that that loop is that also in between hunts there is I guess this could be good or bad, depending on how you feel about it. There's a lot of micromanaging. Like you, um, like in between hunts, you go back to the village, and you can do tons of stuff. You can buy items. You can go to the smithy, like Rachel said. There is, uh, in this game, there they did it a little bit differently, but there's usually some sort of system where you can um, like harvest items. So it used to be like a garden. Now Kinda it's like a, a trader ship. farm. Yeah, or a yeah. garden. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I need a million. Nullberries, because those recover uh, different status ailments. But 
you don't want to go collect them one by one out in the field. So you just send your trader ship off to go get a million of them. And so you yep. got to check that in between hunts. And in Rise, you can do a bunch of stuff with your your buddies, which we haven't mentioned yet. You got your palicos, oh, yeah. which are the little the little cats with the, the kitty cats. Yeah, they stand on two legs and they help you out on hunts. And now, so palicos are classic. They've been around for a long time, but now. There's also the Palamutes, which are big puppos that you can ride on in the battle. That's amazing. They're big puppos. And very, just very in cool. case anybody hasn't put this together, I think Bro Mogan and Cody might be, and possibly you, Jared, might be susceptible to this. Palico is a pun on calico, like a calico kitty. And Palamute is a play on Malamute, like that's a Malamute dog. I was like, there's dog another dog that like, so, sounds like that. These fools. I got the Palamute right off the get right off the bat when they did Monster Hunter Rise uh information when it was being revealed. I've been hunting since like ten years ago. I never got Palico was the Calico <laughs> thing until like two month two months ago. Uh well, and another time... oh, oh please Jerry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna. And you also have the uh, the owl. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's called a. Uh, it's called a cahoot. And cahoot. <laughs> before we go anywhere else, I want to know what everybody named their palicos, the palamutes, and their cahoot. Oh, we gotta Jared. know this. Jared, you'll like this. All you of my this. characters. All my characters are thirty rock references. So <laughs> yes. my palico and palamute are Grizz and .com. Amazing. My my cohoot is Liz Lemon, and <laughs> my character's name is, I, I think you'll appreciate this, Jack My Bones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jack, and then the last name is My Bones, just as one word, and it kills me. Oh, <laughs> Which so is so appropriate, then, because in battle, you could every time you get hit, you just be like, My Bones! My bones. <laughs> <laughs> do that nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> oh man 30 rock the gift that keeps on giving i love that oh, show so much yep. uh let's see i named all mine uh my in keeping with world i named my palico kitten mittens oh and then uh i named my palamute fender but missing the second e so it's more norse and seems oh. more like warrior-esque almost like a fenrir but a fender exactly <laughs> wow. just like that and then my kahoot i just named birdie because oh. it works so <laughs> it's, after all, it works. it's all my real world pets in yeah. video game form yeah uh, i named my i as in keeping with world as well the of Gran Gran. So again, there's a lot of customization uh, in Monster Hunter for your characters. In World, the customization was off the charts for how you could make both your uh, player character and your Palico look. That is actually still pretty much the case in Rise, and I was a little concerned that they would scale back the customization because of these switches, more limited um, hardware capabilities. But thankfully, that didn't really happen. I didn't really notice a huge drop-off in uh, customization quality. So I, again, made my character as old as I possibly could, which, according to the slider, I'm 95. <laughs> they don't, you know don't know what a five-year-old looks like. Yeah. They, like <laughs> I made it almost as old as you could be, and it's still like... That's a woman in her fifties. Well, what do you think <laughs> being old is like? But yes, yeah, so, it mean, might be it might be Wyvarian ninety five because we're technically not human. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true. That's a good point. So uh, I made Grand Grand just as old as I possibly could, but also buff. So Grand Grand's buff now. Uh, and then I have my Palico, um, Joe Bob, which is a, that that's just a personal reference to a, a I guess, business, um, an, a business near Paducah, Kentucky called Joe Bob's Flower Farm. So if you live in the Kentucky area, go to Joe Bob's Flower Farm. They got flowers. Yeah, you can see it from the interstate. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, So I've got Joe Bob the Palico. My uh, Palamute is Balthazar, just because I like (laughs) that name and it's a dog. I don't know. Nice. And then my Kahoot is... uh, Uh Uh-oh. Uh, Allie McAlface. There it yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Why <laughs> did I name that? that stupid thing? Well, clearly you're neglecting. To be fair, I haven't used my Kahoot a whole lot. Yeah, so I haven't. It's not like I interact so, with my Kahoot. You, you really, go sh- and I'll try to you really should. My I'm, I'm going to tell you, you should use your Kahoot. Uh, not because it affects anything, but because if you summon it onto your arm, you can walk around the town, and there are other Kahoots around Kamura Village. If you find one of those other cahoots and you go to a certain section, you can. There's an option on the screen to let your cahoot fly away, and it will perch next to that other owl, and they'll start cuddling, and it's adorable. (laughs) It's so great. All right, I'm signing off to go play Monster Hunter real quick. (laughs) Yeah, bye. (laughs) We should have just all just grabbed our switches and been like, okay, yeah. So, oh, I like this part. (laughs) Time to fact check Cody. (laughs) Um. So I started the game. My character's name is Snooty Boots. I just, I've been really into Snooty Boots lately. That's my tag. I need it. Um, Then when I started customizing my Palico, my cat, I was just like, well, I mean, obviously I got to keep do this. My Palico's name is Snooty Boots. Boots all capitalized, just Boots the cat. Uh, (laughs) Shrek. Um and then my Palamute is actually, I modeled it after the dog that I had growing up. So my Palamute's name is Blizzard. Um, but then I'm, mo- I'm most proud of my Cahoot's name because my Cahoot's name is Snooty Hoots. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's the best. That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh, man. That's- oh, my Cahoot's name. <laughs> it's Patoot. <laughs> I forgot about that. You, you almost made me spit out my drink. Kahoot, the patoot, patoot the kahoot. It's a patoot kahoot. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, um, I, I like you, Mogan. I made my character older. I think I made mine sixty-five because I was like I want a more grizzled gentleman. But then, yeah, it looks doesn't Very look nice. a day over forty. And no. so, uh, but then I always kind of feel like I have a hard time with the customization because like I did this in the red dead online character creator too. I like, I was like, Ooh, I really like how this looks like in the character customization screens. But then when it actually got out into the gameplay, I'm like, why are my character's eyes so bugged out? (laughs) So that happened kind of again in this one too. Uh And, uh, but I I think it's okay. I can live with it this time. You'll you'll get a helmet to cover it up eventually. Yeah. (laughs) The guy, the, my character I made on uh, red dead, I was like, Oh no, I might have to restart. (laughs) Oh, Fergalo Shay doesn't look too good. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so what would be the big things then that you guys have all noticed that kind of the things that stand out to you about Rise specifically and maybe in just either 
standing alone as the game itself or in comparison to World. Because the like online, the big thing, the online is better. It's leagues better. World's better than World because uh, stupid Monster Hunter World made it to where if you wanted to do a co-op hunt online with your friends, and if that hunt had a story cutscene, it would say no, no. You have to go watch this cutscene by yourself, and then you can invite your friends. Oh, and if there was a story cutscene at the end of the hunt, then it would just be like, nope, you gotta do this one by yourself. So I like that they made the online mode more reminiscent of the older games, where you have two separate uh, like campaigns: um, one for solo, yeah, one for solo mode, one for online mode. So that's much much better. Yes, nice. agreed. Yeah, they. They were really trying to be ambitious with Monster Hunter World, and it just kind of fell flat with the online, because in every other Monster Hunter game ever, all the online hubs have just had four players. And as if you've done any online on Monster Hunter World, you know that you can have up to like 16 players in one hub on Monster Hunter World. Oh, wow. And they really wanted to like have it be like a big community but it ended up doing the reverse because everybody would just have one, their own rooms and they would never fill up and pe- people would see that they would never fill up. So they would make their own rooms and it would. So if you were trying to hunt with randos, that was completely possible with monster hunter four ultimate three ultimate and probably even rise with how it's doing its system. It was basically non-existent in monster hunter world because they tried to be just so ambitious and it fell flat. Yeah. Because uh, I remembered you could like send up the flares or the SOS signals, yeah. right? If you got in trouble, and then I did yeah. that a couple times in World, and I remembered somebody would come in and help. But yeah, I, I, I never really tried to like just match make with a rando. Uh, I, I personally between World and Rise. Uh, so this is World was the first Monster Hunter game I ever played. So I don't really have any of like the legacy information. But with Rise, I feel like, so this is my point being, this is my first attempt at actually playing the single player campaign, because in World, I did the bare minimum of what is required to play on your own. And then on the rare occasions that I actually played Monster Hunter alone, it was usually because it was a Sunday morning, and I just wanted to go on an expedition, I didn't even want to hunt anything, and I wanted to go take pictures of endemic life, pick up gems, do some mining, like basically Animal Crossing-like stuff, but in the context of Monster Hunter, and just have a cool, chill time and kill an hour that way. Uh, Because the single player in uh, Monster Hunter World, for some reason, it just felt so painful to me. It was not fun to hunt monsters alone in World. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't. Uh, even though they are technically easier because the game scales uh, monster difficulty depending on how many people are in your party, it never felt that way. It always felt like it was so much harder when you're on your own. That was partially probably my fault because the two weapons that I was playing were the hunting horn and the light bogan, and I don't really do like a lot of damage on good days. <laughs> so that wasn't really like my forte. Uh, but in Rise, I don't this is just my perception. The single player campaign in Rise feels so easy. It, to me, it feels like they novice. really. Yeah, to, to yeah. me, it feels like they kind of like nerfed it to be like, okay, we'll make the single player pretty easy. So you you get in there, champ, and you just kill stuff on your own, and then you can level up that way. And then when you come back to the hub, which is how you do online quests with your friends, 
okay, this is a totally different set of quests. You can just pick from this menu of monsters you've already encountered. Have fun out there, champ. So the single player feels a lot easier, and I totally agree that the um, online component is significantly improved. Except for my biggest pet peeve with Rise. When you go to the kitty cat, who's dressed like a little mailman, when you go to the male kitty cat to turn on online mode so that you can create a lobby or join a lobby, if you're joining a lobby and you know your friend is online and they have already made the lobby, when you pull a list of people who are online, for whatever reason, Rise does not prioritize people who are actively online on your friends list. Oh, that's dumb. So I frequently have to scroll to page three and four just to find my friend who's actually online. And it's just, it's so... Even, even Mario Kart, even Mario Kart and Nintendo is notoriously bad about making good online modes. Even Mario Kart and Splatoon were like, yeah, we'll, we'll prioritize your friends first. If they're online, you're going to see them online first. I don't know why they didn't do that in Rise, and it's yeah. a small thing, but it sure does make me mad. Yeah, same, because <laughs> when I play online, both of these two, from my perspective at least, are always on page two. So like page oh, yeah. one is always people where I'm like, who's that again? And then page two, I'm like, oh, good, are. now I can finally... They're my real, real friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of odd that it does it that way, because like that, I will say jumping briefly to another game outriders does that really well with the lobby system like it shows like how it does the typical thing like this that where it shows like your list of friends and who's online but then it has a separate section that says currently playing outriders and you can just go like oh sweet mm -hmm. boop, that's boop, like boop, standard boop, every game yeah. does that except yeah. monster on a ride yeah it's, <laughs> it's got to be different somehow you got to make your mark your own way you know um i would say the big thing for me as a novice i agree with you mogan in that it does feel easier like I've actually only fainted once and it was when it, I was in the arena. So I was like, oh, nice. I, I, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, the one thing I will say that is markedly improved and I'm honestly like astounded by it, how well it does this is just the loading speeds in general. Yeah. So fast. Oh my God. Like I, it's even in handheld on switch yeah. so fast compared to the load, load times of world. It honestly annoys me because I want to see that beautiful scroll painting during the loading screen in all its glory, but the loading screen is too fast, so you can't see yeah. it. They didn't uh, release like wallpapers of those load screens. It would be a yeah. great wall scroll. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, speaking of which, I guess we didn't really address like the obvious difference between World and Rise. So Cody kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, he touched on this in that Monster Hunter World was one of the most westernized Monster Hunter games. Yes. Because Capcom was really trying to appeal to Western audiences. So both in the game's general art direction and in the monster designs themselves they were very much geared towards being like, okay, dum-dums in the West like their dragons to look like the ones from Harry Potter. So we're going to make all the dragons look like that. And we're going to make it normal other than the Palicos. And everything's going to be like dumbed down for people in the U.S. basically. Traditionally, and this is the case again with Monster Hunter Rise... They just went back to their roots, I guess. Again, I don't have a ton of the legacy information, but they kind of went back to that really over-the-top design in terms of the armor, the weapons, and the world itself. Because in Monster Hunter World, you're in Astera. 
and it's very much kind of like pseudo medieval fantasy esque. With uh, Monster Hunter Rise, you're in like a pseudo feudal Japan, so it's very very geared towards Japanese audiences, but. Everybody can enjoy that because Japan is awesome. And -hmm. if you base things in a place that's awesome, people aren't going to care if it's not geared towards air quotes, the the West. So it's based in this, uh, you know, pseudo Japanese town of Kimura. And this is another thing that I noticed right off the bat as being a significant improvement with rise. You have two handlers now, one for the hub and one for the, the village instead of the one handler for Monster Hunter World, who's just called the handler. In Monster Hunter Rise, your handlers are Hinoa and Minoto, and they are twin sisters, and the handler from World. If you don't remember her, <laughs> God, she was god-awful. <laughs> Almost every other character in that game, every other NPC, I was like, I wish you were my handler instead yeah. of this girl. I wish you were my handler instead of her. And Hinoa and Minoto are significant great. improvements. They are Minoto actual gang. characters. <laughs> Hinoa team! <laughs> Minoto. <laughs> I, fr- I can't tell which one's which still. <laughs> I, fr- I was about to say, like, which one has which? I don't uh, One has, like, Minoto? one bun and one has two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Minoto has the two buns. Hinoa okay. has the one. Hinoa is also the older sister. Minoto is younger. Yeah. Oh. So, going back to what you were saying, Rachel, about how the theme has kind of like gone back to older monster hunter games older not all monster hunter games are themed like very japanese style like this one but you do bring up a good point and that was like one of my biggest complaint and one of the community's biggest complaints with monster hunter world was the weapon and armor designs of monster hunter world they were really bad like i mean they were still, if you, again, if you're unfamiliar with Monster Hunter World, uh, with Monster Hunter in general, like I was, you're like, wow, these weapons are ridiculous. Yeah. But if you've played other Monster Hunter games, you're like, oh man, they really scaled everything back. Yeah. So with Monster Hunter World, you have your base like form weapons. You have the iron tree and the ore tree and the bone tree. And every weapon you have in the game kind of levels up from those base weapons some of the lines for upgrading them most of the time in traditional monster hunter games you would get ridiculously cool weapons that look awesome and like are 10 times your size and you would never be able to lift this thing normally or it would never be a real weapon in this one they're big but i mean in monster hunter world they're big but they all they ended up doing was taking the base weapon and slapping on like some monster scales or some like a claw from the monster you upgraded it to to that weapon. And that was a big disappointment and I'm really glad that they brought it back to the older Monster Hunter games where if you have a weapon from a monster, you know it's from that monster. It has a very distinct design and feel. Yeah, except for say, the Kezu I, uh... hunting horn. <laughs> Which one? Oh, I was, was going to say, except for the, the Kezu hunting horn, which is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was it's just a Kezu on a stick. Oh, God, it's terrible. <laughs> um, real quick, Drama Queen says, I didn't even play Monster Hunter World, and I know everybody hated the handler. So oh, even yeah. she knows. And then yep. Bee Weaver, welcome. How's it going? Uh, Bee Weaver asks, didn't Monster Hunter World have a Resident Evil crossover at one point? They did. 
Didn't yeah. they also have a, a, a Witcher Zero one. Dawn and a Witcher? They had a lot. Yeah, yeah they yeah, had they, a lot. There was they, Horizon Zero Dawn, Witcher, Resident Mega Evil, Mega Man, Final Fantasy. Had, Final Fantasy. They've had a lot for Monster I never did fight the Behemoth. Dang it. I I but, really wanted to get what like I remember I started playing about the same time when they did the Horizon Zero Dawn crossover and I was like oh I really want those but I I didn't get there. Uh, the only one that I cared about was the Mega Man one because you could get a skin for your Palico that just made your Palico a little Mega Man like a little pixelated <laughs> Mega Man from the old old games and it was phenomenal top so, tier awesome. uh, crossover crossover of all time. I will say, uh, go back to your point, Cody, about like the, how the weapons and everything will look like the monster you got them from. I have right now. I'm kind of following with my upgrades because I guess I've hunted them more than anything. Is I have created armor and my weapons from the Azuchi, I believe mm-hmm. I'm saying it correctly, I, and like that. And I like really love the look of the sword. If the sword yeah, sword like it's like, it's like a sickle. It's like a sickle, but it's mm-hmm. almost like three blades next to each other but there's oh, like space it? in between it's almost like a wolverine oh, claw cool. it's no. kind of what it looks like see I think. like that's a that's a thing like when you craft the weapons in the smithy uh menu you can see a preview of what the weapon will look like but sometimes some weapons will do really unique things that like you'll never be able to see and monster hunter world didn't do any of that for example in monster hunter 3 ultimate there was a monster introduced called the uh, Zenogre best monster in the entire series by the way um but its weapons when you sheath it and unsheath it parts of the weapons will like fold in and fold out based on if you sheath it or unsheath it and there's little unique things like that that gave all the weapons and the armor from past games besides world a lot of charm and uniqueness that world was really missing Uh, I will say the one thing that World had that I always loved, and I'm sure that this is the case in Rise too, I'm just not playing the Hunting Horn in Rise, is all of the songs for the Hunting Horn were always a little bit different, and they were fantastic. You could rarely hear them in the midst of battle, but occasionally you would hear somebody strumming on a harp in the middle of a, in the middle of a fight. <laughs> that was me. I remember <laughs> that didoo. Yeah, Doing the didoo. <laughs> and one of them sounded like Scottish bagpipes. Oh, oh yeah. that was fantastic. But I'm sure that's the case in Rise 2. Um, we just haven't, haven't played enough, uh, enough hunting horn yet. Yeah. So does anybody have an idea of like how long this game is? Like, do we, do Infinite. we have and, so I mean, well, I mean, I know you can like replay and replay and replay, yeah. but it's like a, in terms of like how many, because I know there are seven star difficulties. Yeah. So right now, if you base it off of like past Monster Hunter games, I don't know if you guys have seen kept up with like the updates that they've been doing lately. Um, at the end of April, there is going to be their first free title update for Monster Hunter Rise. Could like how they were doing with Monster Hunter World, they would release new new updates every now and then and it was basically just free dlc with this first update we are getting um a bunch of stuff that nobody really cares about but a couple things that actually do matter they're releasing new monsters already in april um one of them is i'm not going to spoil anything for anybody wants but it's a it's a big end game monster and then also they said other multiple other monsters nobody knows how many nobody knows what that means 
but that's out there. It's going to be one monster that we all know what it is going to be, and then multiple other monsters. That's so they're cool. they're already putting out like updates for it. And Come on, it's an ogre. Yeah, well, <laughs> I is going to be interesting. I, I'm trying not to spoil anything for anybody, so. I don't uh, know anything about what the monsters yeah, are, so it wouldn't either. be a spoil for me. I was just like, cool, monster. Yeah. <laughs> Need another one. <laughs> I'll hunt it too. So um, I guess what what else about it? I, I think that's kind of like the, the bases I know to cover, but again, that's me as not as experienced as a player in this. So any, do you guys have any other thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise that you want to share with the class? Yeah, we sort of we talked about like weapon designs, but... To me, just like the art direction in general is, I think, a step up from World and sort of more reminiscent of like Monster Hunter 3 and 4 to me. Meaning that like World was like graphically, it looked very good and like kind of realistic. But in doing that, they made it look kind of muted compared to yeah. some of the older games where like in Rise, the colors really, really pop and you get mm-hmm. that. I, I really like that they leaned into the Japanese aesthetic. I think it gives it a lot of appeal and a lot of a lot of pop like i said so i really like that uh what else uh the other thing that i would say right away that i noticed about rise i think the soundtrack for rise is significantly more interesting like i can't really remember a lot of the soundtracks from world Mm. i know i heard them again and again and again couldn't yeah. tell you what they are yeah, in Rise. Memorable. Yeah, and they're not memorable. In Rise, the tracks in even just, you know, out and about in regular maps, and for monsters especially, are really interesting. And I'm I'm really enjoying this. Not including yeah. the Kezu, but the other monsters uh, all have really cool tracks. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Soundtrack is great. They have done something in Monster Hunter Rise that they haven't ever done in a Monster Hunter game before, and there are these little shrines everywhere on the map that give you a little tiny, like, four-line paragraph of, like, a piece of lore about that map. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because before, there's been no lore, really, in Monster Hunter. You'd have to, like, go secondhand to find anything lore-related. And I like that this is just a teeny tiny introduction into something lore related in game. And it kind of, it's fun just to find them randomly, read about the lore of this map and actually get invested in the story a little bit in a fun way, as opposed to the story that they try to push, which is the villagers in trouble. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. And actually, I think that's another thing that makes the single player a little bit more fun because, you know, there's main hunting quests where you go fight monsters and there's a clear goal. But there are also open-ended expeditions where you can just go into any map. There's no time limit and you just derp around as much as you want, collecting stuff. You can fight monsters if you want to, but you don't have to. I always really enjoyed expeditions because, again, it's kind of like a chill experience for me. Being able to find these little relics just kind of hidden around every map, A, I get a lot of enjoyment out of. I think they're super fun. B, they're a great incentive to actually explore the map. Yeah. Because if you're actually looking for something and you're pretty sure that it's going to be in an off the beaten path area, like most of the relics are hidden in, you're like, but what if I can get up there or over there or this section of the map that I rarely spend any time on? What about that tiny little alcove over there? So it's just a really nice way to actually have a goal other than just I'm derping around. Now you can derp around 
and have a very chill goal. Yeah, I noticed that too, because normally in Monster Hunter games, you do solo expeditions just to like grind up. Like I was, uh, I was trying it by myself the other day because I was like, I just need to get some basic items so I'm not wasting my friend's time while I try and gather stuff. And it ended up being really fun because I found mm-hmm. one of those little like lore snippets. And I was like, what the heck is this? They've never yeah. done this before. So it, yeah, it makes exploring seem a lot more fun. And also in kind of related to that, I like the map designs better because yeah. I can understand them. I never in all my dozens or hundreds of hours of Monster Hunter World, I never memorized a single map where back in the older games, the maps were much simpler and you could just memorize where to go and how to navigate them. And even though I haven't played that much of rise i feel like i'm already kind of getting the hang of at least the first map the sort of uh shriney place the shrine ruins yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. b weaver says monster hunter should have a zoologist class in, in, which, in which you just explore and study wildlife i think that would be so fun that's kind of what expedition already is but i would like if they really mm-hmm. leaned into that kind of like they did with um the assassin's creed the like discovery uh, mode oh the discovery yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that would I be really cool if they did something like that or even like pokemon snap but monster hunter <laughs> where you're just like here i go or you it's need like to you play could monster hunter capture. stories then <laughs> yeah exactly so there are like other games for that market but i i kind of agree that yeah. it would be nice to just have yeah, basically a mini game where you just get to go out and like take photos of the monsters and report back to the the dean of zoology i don't know (laughs) i haven't thought it through all the way but i've got ideas (laughs) uh the one thing oh the one thing that i was gonna talk about that uh is i believe new to this one i know is i know you in world there were the scout flies but this one added in a whole lot of the extra maneuverability with the wire bugs yes of course and those have been pretty uh pretty fun to mess around with i'm still getting the hang of like okay can someone remind me though? What is the the button combination to use them in combat? Not to like move, but to like swing your weapon so you can like try to mount. Oh, okay. Um, I, so I cannot remember it. I get into battle and I I can't do it. One of there's, them is ZL and X for yeah, sure. Okay, that's what I, I thought. ZL X and ZLA, and they each do something different depending on yeah. your weapon. Okay. Because I remember, because like I love the one, like how it works with the wire, with the wire bugs, uh, with like the sword and shield. Because especially, or I don't know if it's with every sword and shield, but at least the one I'm working on, it's like attaches your sword to the end of the wire yep. and just like swings around like a giant yeah. like lasso, or kind of like uh, Trevor Belmont's, uh, you know, whip. flail that he yeah. whip and everything whip. that he uses. Trevor, like not that. Simon. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of cats. Somebody. I got I got sick a couple weekends ago and I binged through like a whole season of cats. Oh, nice! So I've been on I've been Jordan on it good. again. Uh, and so, yeah, so it was kind of that thing. I really like that. But then also just yeah, just like the the using the wire bugs to recover when you fall, so you don't mm-hmm. get knocked back too far. Uh, the at, using them to help access the different parts of the map. You know, go up higher, and you can you know shoot up instead of just trying like climb up the vines the whole way. That's really cool. You can find the extra ones that you can you know get the great wire bug that you can put on the lilies that get you to yeah, other places. So it it really is just kind of like using them as a great added maneuverability, but then also just how they can aid with the exploration and everything it's it's really cool how they did that um and i know uh cody you and i had kind of talked about this over on the discord a little bit what how do we all feel about the riding the monsters how that mechanic works 
I think it's cool, but it's taken me a second to get used to it still. That's yeah. one area of the game where I feel like it just feels really clunky mechanically to me. But I think I think what they're working with is interesting. I just can't seem to quite... That's something I still haven't really gotten the hang of. Yeah. I, I like figured I like figured out I it's different. I, I tried to approach it like you're riding a horse in a game, but I figured out it's different. It's like you can't they're not that maneuverable. It's like you have yeah. to change your, your camera angle first, then they move forward that direction, but you can't do like a smooth turn or pivot or anything like that, which so, makes sense. They're a big monster that you really shouldn't be controlling, but you've beat them down enough. So Yeah, that's a good I point. I kinda get that. But I um, it took I me a while a- to like that to click in my head. Yeah, I have a I have a small beef with it just because um, ever since Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, when they introduced the insect glaive, um, I've been an insect glaive main except for in this game, um, and they changed how the insect glaive works because in previous games there was this mechanic where you mounted the monster, and you still do it because we were just talking about it, obviously. But in this one, it's through your wire bug. Mm. and not through like the mounting mechanic that it used to be and they got they nerfed the insect glaive because of it because the insect glaive was king at mounting monsters and now it's not and i'm upset it used to be op and now it's fair no no no. No. the op weapon has been charged blade since it's been introduced so because yeah in world it was you had to like beat them down but then you had to get vertically above them right and then yep. you could like land back on them and that would let you mount onto the monster yeah Whereas this so, one you have to like beat them down to a specific amount then you can use the special wire bug attack and that's what gets you on correct remembering correctly yeah. this reminds me and this is a little off topic but it's kind of along those same lines something that they did in rise that is almost unforgivable nearly makes it an unplayable game Uh-oh. your friend or perhaps your brother who normally mains the switch axe cannot swipe at you to launch you into the air so that you can get onto the monster and then mount them. Uh, the fact that you can't launch your own friends against their will off the ground and into well, the sky is just unplayable. Rachel, you're using the switch axe. So now that's your job. Well, no, no you, you just can't. can't. We've tried. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the, the switch axe, because normally the switch axe has a move where you do like a upper cut yeah. yeah. chop and yeah. used to fling people in the air. And now it's it just oh, sort of like, it just sort of stuns you a little bit. Yeah, we tried. Oh, weird. We, weird. Because we would always say, launch me, brother. And now we can't <laughs> launch. <laughs> so zero out of 10 money back. Zero out of you 10 return. <laughs> you reminded me, Jarrett. Um, with the wire bugs we were talking about, I wanted to mention, I like that Monster Hunter Rise has taken a lot of really good aspects of recent Monster Hunter games, namely quality, quality of life improvements and some slight game mechanics. So from like Monster Hunter World, they took a lot of quality of life improvements, such as the map being open world as opposed to being segmented like it used to be, um, because it used to be the map was like split up into 10 different wide open areas. And to get in between each area, there was a teeny tiny loading screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's obviously one big map. Um, and that's a big quality of life improvement. There's the item menu wheel, which was brought over from monster hunter world, a couple of other things, but referring to the wire bugs, they brought a mechanic that's similar to uh, monster hunter generations ultimate 
um, in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, you had like different styles that you could use for each weapon and different like attacks that would charge up over time for each weapon. Um, and it was good, but it was really confusing and way too much in that game. And in this game with the wire bug, if you've noticed those attacks that we were talking about, Jarrett, where you mm-hmm. take it, you spin your thing around, there's two choices for attacks per weapon, and there's a, uh, two choices for um, a way that your uh, weapon will do a move set. And it's really simplified. It doesn't affect your whole play style. And it's just a simple choice based off your preference of this one move. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to implement it and be smart about it without overwhelming you. Cause that was a big issue in generations was that it was really overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I like the wire bug a lot. It, when I first played the game and first uh, encountered it, I was like, this ain't my monster hunter. Get off my lawn. And, but now I'm coming <laughs> around to it because like we were saying, it makes exploration way more fun because now you just see a wall where normally you'd be like, well, there's no vine, so I guess I can't climb it. And now you're like, can I get up there? And then you can just try it and you can explore things. And sometimes you find random scraps of lore and whatnot. And I also like that it's sort of the the new mounting mechanic in combat. So it makes both exploration and combat really interesting. So I'm still getting the hang of like all the controls. Like I also... I think until you mentioned it, Jared, I forgot that you actually had like dedicated weapon attacks because like a, the insect glaive involves a lot of pressing ZR and then the wire bug is a lot of ZL. So I'm always like, mm-hmm. shit, which one does what? How do I do the, uh, duh. yeah, but yeah, I, I'm I forget used to sometimes. It, I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because it is, I like, I, I will say like, there is a lot of introduction to it and like, or a lot of. Learn, there is a learning curve. Like I'm, like I see it in our in our comments. Kirok says that he's ashamed yeah. to say that he fired up Monster Hunter at the tuto- and got the tutorial and then never went back. And <laughs> I can kind of understand that because like it, there it throws a lot of information at you. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a, between either how you interact with the monster, you know, hints of when you can uh, start capturing the monster or not just all the different moves that you have at your disposal item collecting. I still don't understand like all the different things I can craft and whatnot, because it's just, there's so many ingredients. So it can be a little overwhelming in that fact, but I feel like it's doing a pretty good job of not scaring me away in that regard. I do wish though, that when I say that I want to exit the tutorial, it would just let me exit the tutorial. Yes. And I didn't oh have to God. say, are you sure you want to exit the tutorial? Totally yes. This is the 10th tutorial in 30 seconds. I would love it if I didn't have to confirm this every time. And I hate that it is auto-selected on no. Right. So that you have to make sure that you move it to yes. Why yep. isn't it automatically set to yes? So totally Dropping agree. this game down to a That's three. That's one of the most three annoying things about the game. I will <laughs> say that so uh, both uh, Bee Weaver and Kirok kind of had similar sentiments of with World for Bee Weaver. That happened to him uh, where he got, to the, you know, did the tutorial and then didn't come back. And for Kirok, that, it ha- that that's happened with Rise. Ignore the tutorial. Get through it. Just click through. Don't read any of that shit. You're going to learn the game so much more fun and more naturally if you just get in there and do it yourself. Or if you go to YouTube 
and just have yes. somebody explain it to you in a normal fashion or better yet get in a lobby with your friends and be like okay what do i do and have your friend carry you and have them explain it to you because the game's tutorials they're not the worst they're not as bad as final fantasy 8's tutorials which were absolute <laughs> garbage uh, so they're not the worst in the world but i totally agree that they're too text heavy um it, they're very text heavy in a lot of cases and they're just like it's all theory and not action. I think the tutorials should be, and to to an extent they are, but the tutorials should be more based in okay, you're on a hunt. Now we're going to teach you how to play the game instead mm -hmm. of all right, you're in the village, you're getting ready. Here's all the tutorials. All right, now you can go out there and use everything we taught you. And it's like what? I don't know what you taught me. Uh, so the tutorials aren't great, but they're also not terrible. It could be worse. That has always been my number one complaint with monster hunter games is that yeah they're really dense there's a really steep learning curve and it's hard to it's hard to convince new people to go along with it like so actually just recently one of my one of my friends who's never played a monster hunter game was like should i get it and i was like i i would like you to but it's really grinding it's a there's a lot of micromanaging it's a steep learning curve so i was like okay try the demo and see what you think and he mm -hmm. did and he was like I have no idea what I'm doing. This is so confusing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, honestly, the best, the two best ways to learn Monster Hunter are YouTube and get online with friends, which if you have to go to YouTube to learn a game, that means the tutorials are garbage. And what True. if you don't have that many friends who play it? Yep. I One thing I don't like also is that this this game boils down to learning to sheath your weapon at the appropriate times. <laughs> that. That yeah. is the biggest thing. So, Jared, yeah, exactly. Jared, you were talking Real. like, um, I remember, I think when you were starting to play Monster Hunter World in the beginning, you tried using the greatsword, but you couldn't get into it because it's just so big, so slow, yeah. and you couldn't do, you didn't feel like you could do anything. And I think that's a big problem with a lot of the weapons for new players, at least, because you have to really learn it's sheathing the video game. You have to learn when to sheath, when to unsheath, when to <laughs> attack. And that's how it is. So whenever I recommend this game to new players, I always tell them, okay, when you start this, try using the sword and shield or the dual blades first. They're the fastest weapons in the game that you can sheath pretty easily with. And you can still have a decent bit of mobility while your weapon is unsheathed and they're not too complex. So it helps get ease them into it, and if they want to try other weapons when they're already hooked, then they're already hooked, so they can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I would definitely try the the greatsword now that I kind of understand better how the game works. But yeah, if you try to run into that as the first get weapon you use and you've never played Monster before, because even I tried it a little bit in Rise when I was doing an arena fight, and I was just like, why <laughs> is my attack so goddamn slow and this monster so goddamn fast yeah and i can't like there was no way that i was going to be able to even touch this monster and i was like this is no let me try something and then i wound up changing to this to the uh to the axe and i was like ah, much better i can actually yeah. do something with this one but no I've, I've really been enjoying it a lot um we're getting some some questions. Uh, Brandon's asking us over on the chat if we've watched the Monster Hunter movie yet, and if I so, didn't how realize it had come it? out. Yeah, I so, thought it wasn't was out yet. Yeah, there okay, is. Well, a obviously, Hunter we need movie. to do team chat reviews. 
It, we all have to watch Monster Hunter. Let's homework Done. everyone. <laughs> um, it's it's actually weird because it's uh, it's some if you are familiar with the Resident Evil movies, it's Mila Jovovich. Yeah, she is. star of it. And, and um, who? Oh, is it Tony Jaa? I don't know. All I knew I was Mila Jovovich. And then um, Ron Perlman is in it too. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's he's the admiral or the the old. The I think he's like the admiral or the commander of of like the old guy in the Monster Hunter world. I think that's. I think that's Ron Perlman. Why would they waste a big name star like that on a movie about Monster Hunter? First of all, you don't (laughs) you don't know Ron Perlman very well. He's been in some films, and you're like Ron Perlman. What was you doing? He's an Afro samurai. He's an Afro samurai. Oh, it's right, Tony Jaa. It is Tony Jaa. Ron Perlman is in I think Guillermo del Toro's first movie, Kronos. Uh, and that movie's in Spanish, and he doesn't really? speak Spanish, so it's hysterical. <laughs> it's not okay. hysterical. It's actually a very good movie, but you're like, Ron Perlman? How'd you get in here? <laughs> this isn't even your native language. It's amazing. <laughs> I like uh, Brandon that says, Ron Perlman will literally do anything for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to mention two things. I saw in the chat somebody mentioned, when are they going to have a uh, Devil May Cry Dante crossover? They've uh, already had that. Oh, they did. Oh. It was in Monster Hunter Four, I think, but Damn. not Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. It was Monster oh. Hunter Four that only came out in Japan. Um, but I'm almost positive. Look me, look it up. Make sure I'm not lying and talking out my ass. But I think they did. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like that would be a pretty good crossover. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've also done the Legend of Zelda one in Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. I remember that one. Um, they've done a shit ton because monster hunter is like the biggest IP over in Japan ever. Like besides Pokemon and maybe final fantasy, it's, it's a hand, a household title everywhere over there. And I remember when I was there, I went to the Capcom store in like a mall and it had like, yes, like, uh, statues of like Rathalos and and all the other monsters. Whenever my sister went and visited, she also went to just a random game store and half of it, she said was monster hunter. The only reason she knew anything about it was because of me. And that, (laughs) that brings up a good point. Um, until monster hunter world, monster hunter was not very popular over in America or the West. Uh, Monster Hunter World really brought it to the West with what Rachel was saying. They kind of like westernized it a bit and to good effect because Monster Hunter World and Iceborne is Capcom's best selling game of all time. Damn. It, It did that well. And my question is, and we're talking, we're saying that like Monster Hunter Rise is a lot better than Monster Hunter World in these aspects, but that's not saying that Monster Hunter World's not good. Monster Hunter World is fantastic. It's still good. Yeah. yeah. You can play that well, yeah, game I mean, today. If you're, and still if enjoy you're spending it. like close to a thousand hours, you know, yeah, whatever exactly. you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's nothing to say. I want to bring up this because it makes it's a really interesting like topic of discussion. Since Monster Hunter World and how it's so radically different that other Monster Hunters did so well. Do you think that they're going to follow the Monster Hunter World, uh, like level type of design for future Monster Hunters, or do you think that they're going to stick with classic Monster Hunter design for future Monster Hunters? Because financially, it would make sense for the company to go with the design of Monster Hunter World 
because mm-hmm. it's their best-selling game of all time. But I guess it depends on how Rise does, right? Because I have Which seen Rise. I think is already done pretty well. Yeah, yeah it seems to be doing well. Like I've seen a lot of um, you know YouTubers and streamers that I follow who normally don't care about Monster Hunter at all, and they're trying it out for the first time. So I personally, I'm already way more into Rise than I was with World. Like I'm, I'm sure it did help bring the game series over to the West and all that, but I just find Rise so much more appealing. So I hope that it does well enough that they keep more in this vein. Yeah. Well, according, according to Collider, uh, Monster Hunter Rise reached 5 million sales in its first week. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty good. I, I personally would be very surprised if maybe three years from now, uh, I would be shocked if Capcom doesn't come out with a Monster Hunter World-esque game for next-gen consoles, for PS5 and for Xbox I don't know what they're calling it these days. Whatever the new one is. Series X, there we go. Uh, I would be pretty shocked if that doesn't happen because the Switch is like, it's a bit more diffused in that Mm -hmm. a lot of different types of people and a lot of households own a Switch, but just as many people will eventually, they don't currently, but will eventually own PS5s and Xbox Series X and S. So if they don't put it out for the next-gen consoles, I would be amazed um shocked and i think it would probably follow more of the world format because what types of players play each console people that play the switch i think are a little bit more likely to lean more into being exclusive it's more exclusive and it's more like yeah i'll play some weird shit from japan i'll play anything on this on this crazy (laughs) machine called the nintendo switch whereas ps4 and ps4 playstation and xbox gamers i think are a little bit more entrenched in the west so i would I, i think that that would make sense um especially like cody said from a financial standpoint so look, yeah, looking at the numbers, I think I found how much Monster Hunter World sold overall on its lifetime. 21.8 million copies. Wow. So That's a few. And the, I, and the number I was looking at was just saying that all total uh, Monster Hunter franchise has, has sold 71 million. Yeah. So like, yeah, World takes up a pretty big chunk of that. It's huge. Um, and I, cu- I couldn't find it. You said 5.5 for Monster Hunter Rise. Just five, five million okay. in its first week. I mean, that's that's pretty dang impressive for yeah. this recently after it's uh, come out, especially considering that it's just for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Monster Hunter World had the advantage of being for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, so having it on two consoles really helped. And then later it came out on PC, which Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC, by the way, if you guys didn't know. Oh, um, oh that's cool. But... I, I can't find a statistic on what the opening sales for Monster Hunter World was, so I can't really compare it. But it, it is interesting to see. I'm curious to see how that will go for future Monster Hunter games. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And if they do the, if they do end up doing the sort of a parallel deal where it's like the PlayStation Xbox ones are gritty and muted, and we got serious story, I'll just stick with the Switch games. Yeah, but me I, too. I, I, I want the, I want the colors and the wacky. I'm a weeb. I want wacky Jack and <laughs> Yeah, I'm a weeb too. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it, it's nice too. I really like it because, you know, it's great. It's not a looter shooter, but it's still like, it's the same kind of thing. You're going out, you're, you know, you're, you can play with your friends, you can play by yourself, you get gear, you get materials, which then you can use to craft and make into bigger and better gear. That having that on the go. Yes. It's perfect. 
it's very Perfect. cool. I have a hard enough time finding the time to play those games anyway, especially because like to play them, you have to be stuck in one place. But Monster Hunter Rise, I can go, I can play it somewhere out on the bout. I can play it in bed. I can play it, you know, attached to my TV. Where everybody else does. On the toilet. Yep. And so my hunting throne, it's just, you know, you can do all that. And so I feel like that just makes it way more accessible in general. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the same selling points of the Switch on of any game on the Switch. But still, it's just like having a game that big and that like one that you could spend so many hours in and just be able to literally play it anywhere, internet connection or no, is yeah. is great. Yeah, exactly. So, wait, the fact that, that you can play say, it offline. Can you play it offline? Yeah, okay, you, you can. can. Okay. I just, I, you know, I know some games you can't that are all online. That You know, it's all that stuff, so... Back in my day, games were only offline. <laughs> when they were good. <laughs> oh, games oh were good. hot topic, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love all the new games, too. They're great. Um, well, I, I don't really know. Uh, do you, anywhere else we want to kind of go with this? But I feel like we've kind of exhausted the, the Monster Hunter for now and in, in all of our different experiences. But Quick, what's your favorite new monster? <laughs> I don't know what the old ones are. I don't know what. <laughs> so that's, why, that's why I want to hear because I want to hear what it's like from a a, a, novi- a novice, quote unquote. I yeah, mean, I so just, far, I, I, I'm in. Oh, sorry, I'm in the Frost Islands now, mm-hmm. and I just fought a monster that looked like a big bunny, and I don't know how I felt about it. Ooh, that. the Lagambi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, like that one, but I also felt really bad because I was felt like I was killing a bunny. <laughs> yeah, poor Bun Bun. Yeah. Uh, mine is definitely the Bishaten. Jarrett, you haven't yeah. encountered it yet, but it's a it's a silly little monkey boy, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's also my favorite so far. But I, I didn't look up any spoilers at all for Rise. So I don't even know what monsters are in this. I don't know if yeah, maybe some of my classic favorites are coming back. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just going you, forward. But so far, do you want I like me to it. say if one of your classics is coming back or not? Because I know uh, most monsters in it, not all of them, but not yet. I'll let you okay. know if I want spoilers. But for That's now, fair. I'm just letting it happen. I just say Shotten was a. I thought he was a fruit bat at first because he throws fruit at you. Yeah, he <laughs> does monkey bat fruit. Yeah, like monkey. He fruit is a bat silly, thing. silly boy. Yeah, he's he's cool though. I think. I think I'm with you guys. I got a monkey just flinging his poo at you. No, it's visibly fruit. (laughs) It's like actual large pieces of fruit. There's a different monster that throws his poop at you. So, oh, okay. It's from past games. Can't wait for that. That's not a spoil. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Uh, I'd have to say Bishoten too. I like it a lot. He's such a silly lad. No, I gotta fight the Bishoten. I need to see it. Yeah, chop, chop, Jared. Let's. You know what? Everybody, shut up. We're ending the episode, and we're all gonna go play Monster Hunter. (laughs) I got nothing else going on tonight. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm down to play after this. So, I was gonna say, like, I think I, I don't really think I want to jump into any Outrider stuff. We've been going on on this one for long enough, and honestly, that'll then just give me a little bit more time to formulate some more thoughts on it. I will say, so I don't know what Outriders is. Oh, it's, well, it is the looter shooter from uh, Square Enix that just came out on April 1st. And so I could describe it easily as it is a grittier destiny. Ooh. So it's like it's in space. You're, you're, you're like, oh, come on. It's fun. Oh, I you guys played it yet. You, you, guys guys. Didn't, even, you didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I know what it is. And I know that it is not up my alley. Yeah, I was never I'm big on a, destiny. So 
I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Uh, um, I haven't, again, haven't had a chance to play online with anybody yet, but a buddy of mine does have it, and I'm waiting on him to ju- to to get through the initial prologue stuff so we can start going on missions <laughs> and stuff. But it's uh, it's pretty cool so far. I'm really liking all the different weapons with it, all the action. I'm doing the pyromancer class so I can shoot like fire at everybody. Ooh. It's awesome. And shotguns make people explode, and it's really When cool. you said Square Enix looter shooter, I was really hoping for like, Oh boy, I can play as Final Fantasy characters. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. It's like it is very different in its look than a lot of the other Square Enix stuff. So, but the only other looter shooter I'm playing right now, I don't even know if you could call it that, is would be Cyberpunk. So, oh yeah, I mean you could probably call it that. I mean, it's not I, like the live online. How is it for you? I haven't gone back to it yet. I, so, I'm waiting for the PS5 upgrade to just come out, and then I'll be that, like, all right, that's fair. Um. From my experience, and this is just my experience, I understand plenty of other people have had plenty of other experiences with it. I feel like most of the complaints are coming from just the PlayStation 4, Xbox One uh, ports. That's kind of what I felt. I have not run into any like game-breaking, ridiculous bugs. Yeah, I've I've had one. Actually, I take that back. I had one. Uh, I got trapped in a room and I couldn't go out of the room because the door wouldn't open. I had to just restart my game. So I have had one, um, but other, and it was a simple fix. I didn't lose a lot of progress and honestly, I've enjoyed it so far. So we'll have to see how it goes. All right. Everyone cancel Cody. He enjoyed cyberpunk (laughs) on Twitter. Well, we can't release this episode now. Damn it. Too bad it's live. (laughs) (laughs) The internet has it forever. Uh, No, I agree with that. Like I was playing on my PS4 and when it first came out and oh my God, it was, I wasn't running into the worst of the stuff that people were saying, but like I would stop moving my character and he would still just like kind of fidget. Oh really? Independently. Uh, And then, I ran it like I had a couple crashes and then and then, yeah, just kind of like a like a little like just a general overall stuttery feel to it the whole time. When I put on my PS5, that stuff went away, like the Mm -hmm. stuttery went away, the like and even like the the not the not being able to stand still and all that other stuff. The, The majority of the bigger stuff that I noticed was gone on PS5. But it still was crashing periodically. And I was just like, I'm not going to, this game is going to be huge. I don't want to just constantly have to redo stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm going to wait. And plus, I'm, I'm still been playing Valhalla, which I'm like almost 70 hours in. And I swear to God, I still think I have like 20 hours of story. I was about this to ask is, how far this you game think is you massive. <laughs> it's massive. So I, I'm 70 hours in, have not been doing a lot of derping around. And there are still like three areas that I have yet to even go into yet. Three, four areas that I haven't gone into yet. It is. It's a big game, but holy shit, it's fun. <laughs> so I, I still say play it. Just know you're in for a time. So. All righty. Well, I think we'll go ahead and draw our uh, discussion in episode two a close there. Thanks, everybody, for coming on and talking Thank about you. Monster Hunter World. This is a blast to have Bromogan and Cody on with us this episode. So, uh, but, you know, as I said, everyone... It's been so long since so we've done an episode. How do I close these things? I don't know. Uh, I zone out during this time. <laughs> Until next time, I am one of your hosts. Yeah, Jerry there it is. Go. He's got it. Cody, take us out. Close <laughs> us down. You you got the you got the Okay, voice. fine. Uh, until <laughs> next time, everybody, I am one of your guest hosts, Cody Peck, joined by the power of the internet, Rachel Mogan. Bonjour. No. 
Note, <laughs> nighttime. Bye. Andrew Mogan. Uh, DiGiorno? Wait. There you go, damn it. <laughs> and our classic host, Jarrett Wilson. See you later, everybody. Thank you.